0: and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you.
1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today, we really are going to be talking about how to make your business successful. And it's all about how you treat Your employees, how you treat other people. It's interesting. This seems to be a theme of what I'm talking about today because I did another program not long ago about Bob Berg and Go Giver and and how all of those philosophies are so important in doing business. It's about how we treat the people we are working with, who we're serving, who, you know, all those things about building those relationships. And you know what? You do it well and you make. Money. That's the amazing thing about this. You know, when you treat people well, whether it's your customers, whether it's your friends, your business associates, or your employees, you do it well, you're successful. And so joining me today is Sherry Deutschman, who's going to be talking to us about this. So welcome, Sherry.
0: Thank you, Deb. It's just a pleasure to be with you this morning. Great. You know, and you're just a hop, skip, and a jump up the road for me in Nashville. <laughs> yes.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, let me tell people just a little bit more about you, and then we will jump into this. So how does a single mom with only a high school diploma build a $40 million company from the ground up? Sherry Deutschman claims it was her innate empathy that drove her to start her company with her belief that if she took great care of her employees They'd take great care of the customers, and the customers would be loyal and willing to pay a premium for the extraordinary service. Her unusual employee-first culture worked and got national press and has been written about in the New York Times, Forbes, Inc., and Business Leader Magazine, and the company was named an Inc. 5000 company, an honor bestowed on the fastest-growing private companies in the U.S., Forget this. Ten consecutive years. So again, Sherry, welcome. Thank you. Just a joy to be with you. We are going to have so much fun. But let's let's go back in the wayback machine, and tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are now, and how you discovered that this really is a passion of your life.
0: Well, I guess we are going to the way way back. Um, because as you noted, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, mm-hmm. home of country music right? and actually home of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I moved to Nashville to be a star. Um, I thought that I was a singer mm-hmm. until I got here. Oh, and then, you know, and somebody every- convinced you otherwise. <laughs> oh, my God. My ears convinced me otherwise. I heard real talent here. Mm-hmm. The world famous Bluebird Cafe had mm-hmm. just and I went there every night that I could, and mm-hmm. I listened to incredible songwriters mm-hmm. and singers, and decided that I didn't have the goods. but I didn't have uh, an education, mm-hmm. I didn't have any skills.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was a, a single mom, had no money. Um, the only well, I say you had no skills actually, I was the best toilet scrubber <laughs> in the world. Um, I had a route, um, my sister and I had a route where we cleaned gas station bathrooms. Oh, okay. And then there were a lot of uh, wealthy people in my hometown, um, you know, snowbirds. Mm -hmm. And people had their their summer homes or their winter homes in my little ski resort town. And I cleaned their houses for them. Mm. And those were my only skills. Mm -hmm. Uh, Education, just a high school diploma, no money. And yet I decided, and no experience singing. And decided that I was going to move to Nashville to be a star. That takes, what is it, chutzpah? (laughs) I was nuts, actually. Just totally delusional. Uh, But I'm really grateful for that Mm -hmm. delusion because it got me to Nashville. Right. Um, And I had no support system here. Mm -hmm. As a mom, I was newly divorced and had a a young child. She was two or three years old. Had no one to turn to. I had to rely on myself. And um, the first couple of years in Nashville were so hard that often um, I didn't have electricity mm-hmm. because I could afford daycare or the light bill, but not both. Mm. And I think, you know, it's a very common story for single moms or mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. parents and even, even couples. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard to make ends meet. Right. And, um, um, I worked a series of different sales jobs. Um, my first job in Nashville was selling cars
2: mm-hmm.
0: because the only asset that I had was a car that I paid a dollar for. And um, wow, people, yeah, people said I got ripped off. Um, <laughs> she was the ugliest car you've ever seen, and she uh, she had, had had a really good stereo system inside, but somebody had broken in and stolen my stereo. Oh, mm-hmm. so. It had big holes on the inside where all those things were, and mm-hmm. on the outside it had rolled off a mountain, so it was all all misshapen and rusty it was it had character yeah, I don't even know about that. Uh, <laughs> it was so lopsided that from a mile away you could see the silhouette of my car coming, and you knew it was me. It, <laughs> But I, um, I went to my first car, my first job in mm-hmm. Nashville was at a car dealership mm-hmm. because I had heard mm-hmm. that you didn't have to have experience to sell cars, mm-hmm. and that they gave you a free car to drive, a brand new one. Oh. So, mm-hmm. so uh, my common sense taught me that that was a pretty good move for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went there and applied for a job, and it's pretty funny. The the general manager said, "Your timing is really good." Mm-hmm. Because uh, I've been thinking we should have some women sell cars. Mm-hmm. But uh, tell me, young lady, what do you know about cars? Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, not much. Uh-huh. And he said, what do you drive? And I pointed out the window to my beat up old Volkswagen and mm-hmm. he shook his head. Mm-hmm. And he said, young lady, this business is full of rejection and it's really difficult. Can you handle rejection? Mm-hmm. I said, yes, sir. I can, and he said, "How do I do that?" And I said, "Because I was raised as one of Jehovah's Witnesses, knocking on doors."
1: Ah, you were those people that we avoided.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the one that you told always that you were Catholic. Thinking, yes,
1: I know that's that's
0: the the, the typical response. So um, he he hired me because he knew I could handle rejection, and mm-hmm. uh, um, that turned to be a, selling cars was a good training ground. Mm-hmm. But I ended up in a series of other sales jobs, mm-hmm. and I did really well at sales. Hmm. It's interesting that that background, being a, a JW, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is really good for sales. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Uh, well, you know, It teaches you how to, uh, to approach people in a friendly way. Yes.
0: And, you know, we, we called on the homes of the, the uber-wealthy, and mm-hmm. we called on homes that still had no indoor plumbing. Right. So Everybody t- was the same. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, it, was, it was really good, and I did well in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the early days when I couldn't afford electricity sometimes, I also didn't have health care insurance. Right. And there was a time when my daughter, um, I think she was about five at the time, cut her foot on the playground. Mm-hmm. And so I doctored it as best I could. Until I realized I just had to take her to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. About four days in, it was looking really bad,
2: maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: So I didn't have health insurance. I didn't have a credit card. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any money. I didn't have anybody in town as a resource to borrow mm-hmm. money from to go to the doctor. So I just took her to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. And the doctor told me that if I'd waited even a day longer, she might have lost her leg. Oh, oh. or her life. She had mm-hmm. a bad life infection. Mm-hmm. And so those those hard times, when I first got to this town... Kind of um, informed the kind of leader mm-hmm. I will to become later, mm-hmm. and I, I have innate empathy in spades,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but um, it made it even greater. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say in spades, I'm one of those people that I go to watch my my football team the Titans play and when we win like we won recently last night Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled until I look at the people who lost I know I always think oh yeah and I'll start crying for them Mm -hmm. so that's messed up Um, but I I have this innate empathy that Mm -hmm. was I think really um, cultured Mm by the times I had when I when I came to Nashville Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I ended up doing really well, making a lot of money. And I went from that beat up old Volkswagen mm-hmm. to a Jaguar. Ooh. And went from having so little money I couldn't keep the lights on mm-hmm. to having a couple of houses. In fact, I was flipping houses as a hobby. Mm. And so I was working for a company printing and mailing hospital bills. Uh, not a very sexy business.
1: No, but it's something that needs done, kind of like cleaning the toilets.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: And I was good at it. And so I, I was making good money. Mm-hmm. But we ran into a problem where I would sell a new account. Mm-hmm. We would lose an account the same day because oh. our service was so bad.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, this went on for months until I became a professional apologist. Mm. I mean, all I did all day long mm-hmm. was build calls from angry customers. Um, it was brutal. Mm-hmm and groveling with them, really, to, mm-hmm. to get them to keep their business with mm-hmm. us and telling them that we were learning from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. They weren't.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And all of our problems, they were. it was really simple human error. That's all. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't figure out why um, we kept screwing up. These little things mm-hmm. had big consequences. So I just studied it. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it it was carelessness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The carelessness was because my coworkers didn't care. Right. They didn't care mm-hmm. because nobody cared about them. They and were it, just somebody there to do the work. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I knew that because I was responsible for 100% of the revenue coming into that company. Mm-hmm. I was mistreated.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought How much more are they mistreated when they're down there running machines? Right. I, 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 I you know... I, a nobody to is, you know, yes. So, uh, I had that epiphany, mm-hmm. and it was right. You know, now I would say I ran into talk to my boss about employee engagement, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that term then, right? I, I just knew that morale you were telling them really, be nice. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I just thought, well, if we worked on getting to know them better and, mm-hmm. and other things, that it would improve morale, mm-hmm. and Deb you would think that he would say thank you right. for helping he said, me think about how to improve my company. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. He patted my hand mm-hmm. and said, Sherry, you don't know anything about business. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just go sell something? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really angry mm-hmm. and hurt, but had to reflect mm-hmm. on what he said that I... I didn't know much about business. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but still, I knew that I had something he didn't have. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple of things, common sense and empathy. And so um, I went and sold another account. Mm. It wasn't for him. It was for me.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: I walked out the door that day, mm-hmm. never went back in. Oh, good. I uh, went straight down to the bookstore and bought mm-hmm. myself an armload of books about how to write a business plan. Because mm. I never even read one. Right. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I uh, wrote a business plan and then I took it to several people in, mm-hmm. in town to loan me $350,000 I thought I needed to get this business started mm-hmm. with that guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And hard to believe, but all of them said yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody I approached said yes, I'll give you the money. But none of them liked my ideas for how to run that business. And so I said no to all of them. Mm. I cashed in my 401k. Mm-hmm. I had a week-long yard sale and sold everything I owned mm-hmm. to get the money.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It wasn't $350,000, by the way. Uh, it was just barely enough to get by. And I went down to Goodwill, mm-hmm. and bought myself um, a couple of old uh, short filing cabinets, mm-hmm. and got one of those old doors and pulled it out. Oh, of- you made a desk. Mm-hmm. And I got a whiteboard and a computer and a telephone, and I started... Just um, dialing for dollars. Mm-hmm. And I vowed that I was never going to be like him,
2: mm-hmm.
0: not listening and not caring mm-hmm. what his employees thought.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And at the same time, I read the book uh, called Nuts, and it's about how Herb Kelleher started Southwest Airlines mm-hmm. with his belief that if the flight attendants and the pilots were happy, then the passengers would be happy. Right. And, well, look how that worked out for him. Mm -hmm. Southwest Airlines, one of the greatest successes Mm -hmm. in the airline industry. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And um, that really turned me on. So Mm -hmm. I I decided I was going to start out putting the employees first, Mm -hmm. an employee-centric culture, Mm -hmm. and that my model would be I was going to take such good care of them Mm -hmm. that when they were at work, they wouldn't have to be worried about whether or not their lights would be on. Mm Whether or not they had health insurance, or mm-hmm. whether they could, um, you know, afford to pay the daycare bill,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I was going to take care of all that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so, from the day we opened the door there, we made sure that we were paying a fair living wage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could talk to you an hour about what that means. Right. Yeah. It's it's not that little minimum amount that people no. list. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not near near that. Mm-hmm. So we made. Fr- Sure, first that we were paying that. Mm -hmm. Then um, we paid for 100% of our employees' medical, dental, disability, and life insurance. Wow. We let them bring their kids and their pets to work Mm -hmm. anytime they wanted to or needed Mm to, which was awesome. Because, you know, um, I think your listeners are all around the world, Mm -hmm. and I don't know exactly what the various cultures do, but in the US, if your child has a runny nose, too they, bad, so sad. Yeah, they can't go to daycare that mm-hmm. day. Right. Maybe. And they can't stay home by themselves, so mm-hmm. what do you do? And and if you stay home, you don't get paid that day. Right. And the company doesn't get the benefit mm-hmm. of your work. Mm-hmm. The child isn't sick. Mm-hmm. It could be allergies. Right. But um, So I just said, bring them to work. Mm-hmm. And of those rare snow days that we would have in Nashville, Tennessee, bring mm-hmm. Everybody brought the kids, and it was a zoo and a blast. Mm-hmm. It was fun. But we also um, uh, had a really unique profit-sharing plan that changed everything, and I want to talk to you about that later. Mm-hmm. But we also um, helped employees that wanted to start their own companies. We helped mm-hmm. them start their own business and invest in their own business. And really importantly, when it comes to morale and engagement, we helped every employee buy their first home.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I-, I love it gift for the down payment or closing costs on their house. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And all those things did exactly what I thought they would do. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It made the employees happy, attentive, Mm -hmm. absolutely fully engaged. And our reputation for stellar service grew on its own. And and all the years we did very little marketing, no advertising. It was just word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was my job back then to sit in front of potential clients.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And our clients were big healthcare systems mm-hmm. nationwide. Um, and so, you know, the largest healthcare systems. And I would sit <laughs> across from these decision makers mm-hmm. at their big boardroom tables and tell them, I want your business. Mm-hmm. Really do. But you have to know that I don't believe the customer comes first. Mm-hmm. My employees come 1st Mm-hmm but let me tell you how that's going to affect you. And then I would start telling them about how we took care of the employees. And Deb, within a few minutes, they were, a few seconds, really, they were nodding. Right, right. And thinking, why can't we do that here? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And often, often, they would say, where mm-hmm. do we find, or can I come to work for you? Um, but they chose us. In fact, our sales team said that 85% of our sales mm-hmm. were what they called a culture sale. Mm. That people chose us because of the culture, even mm-hmm. though we were the most expensive in the mm-hmm. nation. Right. But they knew it was worth it. They knew it was worth it. Mm-hmm. And so um, the the culture just kind of took on a life mm-hmm. of its own. So the employees, the, the, the empathy that I displayed toward them mm-hmm. – it became contagious, and it made them care more about each other, right? And work together mm-hmm. um, very tightly. So mm-hmm. we were able to get to forty million in revenue with only fifty employees. Wow! Because they worked harder, mm-hmm. and a lot of that was my profit share plan, which mm-hmm. you have to hear about.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, you know, we got a lot of press. We got a lot of um, a lot of people wrote about us. Mm-hmm. And then I was invited to address Congress on Mm -hmm. minimum wage. Mm -hmm. And then from that, the U.S. Secretary of Labor came and spent a day with our outcome. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that brought us to the attention of President Barack Obama, Mm -hmm. who named me a White House Champion of Change in 2016. Wow. And this is simply because of treating employees Mm -hmm. fairly. Right. So most of the time, people just talk about our benefits. But what they didn't know about, the three things behind the scenes that were really at the core of who we were mm-hmm. and our success. And so I hope you'll let me talk about those three things. Yes.
1: Oh, yes. You know, and before we, we start on that, I think the problem that many people have, and whether it's that they have employees, they might, you know, with whoever they're working, maybe they're, you know, the head of a volunteer organization, all these, they they treat that they're the people that they're working with as disposable. Yes. We can replace them. And to some degree they can. I mean, you know, there's there. And, and you know, unfortunately right now <clears throat> there are a lot of people who are out of work. And so we'll take many things that, you know, normally they wouldn't. Um, but it's they do. They think, well, you know, why why do we have to treat people nice, fairly, all those various things, because we can replace them pretty easy. And, and of course they, they, to some degree they can, you know, like we said, there's, there's plenty of people who are going to apply for the jobs, but the problem is, and we all know that when you have to replace somebody, even if it's a, a basic level type of, of employee, you still have to train them. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's costs that go into having to replace an employee. And, but more importantly, it does come back to that morale. And, and even more importantly is loyalty. You know, when you have employees who have been with an organization for many, many years, that is so different than the companies that you talk to that say, "Yeah, our average uh, employee is here less than a year." Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, I wouldn't want to work anywhere like that because it's just going to have many problems, and and it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, you you talk to say, you know, fast food places where they have employees who've been with them for years and years and years. So it's not, you know, people can't say, well, the nature of our business is that, you know, no, you know, if you treat your employees well, then, you know, they're, they're going to stay with you and, and they'll support you when there might be problems. Um, I think, you know, we're seeing that right now with the pandemic that, you know, employees are saying, okay, you know, what do we need to do to keep this business afloat? We'll take less hours, you know, all these various things, because they want to keep those companies going, um, you know. And and then and unfortunately, we see the opposite, where people are, you know, they're like, well, I can make more on unemployment. So sorry, you know, I'm I'm done, um, you know. And and so that's where it's it's interesting. But you know, it, so so now let's talk about the three things that that you do to really get your employees to know that. You you value them
0: more than anything. Well, you know, Gallup does studies every couple of years on employee engagement, and their latest one says 64% mm-hmm. of our employees are disengaged. Right. These are just clocking and in. I'm,
1: I'm surprised it's 64. I would have
0: thought it was higher. It was higher. This past year came down for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Uh, and that 30% are actively disengaged, meaning mm-hmm. they are stirring the pot, making right. everybody else just as unhappy as they mm-hmm. are. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and a lot of it is because they don't feel, they, they don't feel, they feel disposable. Exactly. Exactly. Right. You nailed it. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that I did to make sure that my employees knew they were not disposable Mm -hmm. was just listening to them, Mm -hmm. spending time, um, talking with them, Mm -hmm. listening to them. And the best way I did that was something we called lunch with Lucy. Great. Right. I love it. And you've written a book about that.
1: So, you know, folks, we want you to, to you know, know that what we're talking about here is, is part of a book.
0: So, on Wednesdays, I wasn't Sherry, the CEO. On Wednesdays, I just became Lucy, mm-hmm. a co And anybody could sign up to have lunch with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they chose the restaurant.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They chose who else would be at the table with us. Ah. Uh, so, sometimes it was just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was a spouse.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, sometimes it was their whole department. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to gang up on me about a policy or something,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. or a um, suggestion, <laughs> um, and I just listened to them, mm-hmm. and and it was in those lunches that I got to hear about their unique circumstances mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it were pretty atrocious, right? Stuff they were facing at home before they came to work, mm-hmm. and that fogged their judgment and right. their in the, um, mm-hmm. their day before they even. Mm-hmm. The door. And I got to hear about their hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. And none of them had hoped and dreamed about working for a printing company.
1: Right. I mean, that's not the thing that, it, you know, when you're six years old and somebody says, so Sherry, what do you want to be when you grow up?
0: <laughs> I want to print hospital bills. No, mm-hmm. none of them thought that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I got to hear what they wanted to do. And I listened to them. Mm. And when they told me about things that I was doing wrong in leadership, because mm-hmm. I asked them, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. What should I stop doing? Right. What should I start doing? Mm-hmm. I listened. Mm-hmm. And um, they knew I listened mm-hmm. because they saw the changes that I made subsequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny now, I, I, I sold the company four years ago, mm-hmm. but daily I get emails or calls to Lucy saying, mm-hmm. hey, Lucy come out for lunch? Or can Lucy meet me for a glass of wine? Oh, I love it. To the, to the employees, I'm mm-hmm. still Lucy. Mm-hmm. But listening was really critical. Mm-hmm. Two is around transparency. Mm. All business owners want their companies to be as profitable as possible mm-hmm. and to get all the employees deeply engaged. Mm-hmm. But most employees do not understand how the companies make money. Right. Uh, and they don't understand their part mm-hmm. company making money.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so um, I knew that from my own experience. Mm-hmm. And so I had an open door and open book policy. Mm-hmm. And every month I brought together all the employees in one room. Mm-hmm. And we went over the financials from the previous. Mm. Wow. Every month. Every month. Because... Um, we had to wait till the books closed. So mm-hmm. about the 16th of the month where we mm-hmm. had this meeting, we had lunch catered in. So we were mm-hmm. all talking and eating together and looking at the financials. Mm-hmm. They could remember what had happened in the last 45 days. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, Deb, they could start connecting the dots right. between their behavior mm-hmm. or something that we as a company has screwed up, mm-hmm. connecting that to the results on the bottom line. Right. And we talked about it. So, to the penny, they knew how much money we brought in that month. Mm-hmm. To the penny, they knew how much profit we made. Mm. And then we just talked about mm-hmm. why results were the way they were. Mm-hmm. And that was so enlightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for most employees, that was enough. Mm-hmm. Some employees wanted more, right? And so, mostly the salespeople, mm-hmm. I would say, come on, come to my office, mm-hmm. chair. Mm -hmm. Right here next to me, let's get into our accounting system. And we were using NetSuite and say, what do you want to see? Mm -hmm. And they would get to see to the fraction of a penny our cost of goods. Mm. And that helped them make better decisions about what kind of account to go after Mm -hmm. and what their pricing should be. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I didn't sign contracts and I didn't set the pricing. They did. Wow. Because they were perfectly well informed. Mm -hmm. About what it needed to be to drive the results to the bottom line. Uh, another way we were transparent is um, we published the minutes to our leadership meetings every week. Mm. So um, I, I would notice our, we had kind of a fishbowl meeting room, so mm. everybody in the company would walk by and see us in this mm-hmm. meeting. And uh, and some occasionally people would say, "What y'all talking about today? Mm-hmm. You looked very serious." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just started publishing the minutes, unless we were talking about a an individual mm-hmm. performance, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, there were some legal things that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they could see what we were talking about. So if they had if they had complained to me over lunch about of a piece of equipment that was mm-hmm. the bottleneck, mm-hmm. they knew I heard because it was there in the minutes. Mm-hmm. I was talking to the other leaders in the company about mm-hmm. what do we do about this. And so that gave them. Extraordinary confidence, mm-hmm. one, in their ability to approach the leadership team. Mm-hmm. But in that we were listening,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that we heard them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then the third thing came as a result of that. Um, not as a result, but um, you might ask, like, why should they care about your bottom line? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I It was my company. Mm-hmm it was at that same meeting. We took 10% of the bottom line. Mm-hmm and handed out checks, and distributed that money evenly. Wow. Which is an unheard of profit share plan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it right, meant... Right, because normally, it's the, the people at the top get a bigger bonus. Right.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: it's based on a percentage of your salary. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, that didn't sit well with me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I felt like our custodian was just as important as right. our senior.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes more so. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. We- when that toilet's clogged, uh huh, yeah. Um, and so I wanted to incentivize and reward everybody e- equally, mm-hmm. and so th- the first profit share checks were seven dollars,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but do everybody much. got seven dollars and they were jubilant, mm-hmm. and then it grew to 70, mm-hmm. and then 300, and mm-hmm. 500, and 700. And think about that nice. Making twenty bucks an hour, and every mm-hmm. month at this meeting, you get a check for three hundred, or five hundred, or seven, thousand dollars. Right. Don't tell me that won't drive engagement because mm-hmm. I saw it. Right. Um, and I saw the behavior of the employees change mm-hmm. because they were absolutely fully vested. Right. And um, it's weird that. In the months where the profit wasn't as good because mm-hmm. we'd made some mistakes, mm-hmm. the celebration for that check was just as big. Right. You know, whether the check was mm-hmm. 200 or 700 mm-hmm. it was still like, we did this. Look, mm-hmm. I did this with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And it was the single best business idea mm-hmm. I ever had. Hmm. Um, and I've incorporated it into an, a new company mm-hmm. I started. And now... Uh, lots of uh, business owners around have started doing the same. And Mm -hmm. I've had three that have reached out to me in the last month. They said they started doing it in the last six months and Mm -hmm. they've had the two most profitable quarters back to back this year. In in a pandemic. History in Mm -hmm. a pandemic. And one of those businesses was uh, 20 years old and one was 10 and the other was more than 20 years old. And so to have the most profitable months, Mm -hmm cause of the profit share, mm-hmm. cause of the way it engages the employees and makes them care more for one mm-hmm. another.
1: Right. Well, and, you know, say they're down for that month, then they know, you know, it can be done to get a bigger check. What do we need to do? Exactly.
0: You know, um, one of the great stories to illustrate how it worked was I had an employee uh, who came to me he was a department leader and said, I need two more employees because the volume is getting so high. Mm-hmm. We were doing over 400,000 bills a day. Mm-hmm. And so he said, it's getting so high that I can't meet the 7 p.m. deadline. Uh, at 7 p.m. All of our work had to be completed because the post office would then pull away right. a big tractor trailer. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I need two more people. So we talked about mm-hmm. who they would report to and what shift and what they would be doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I agreed. Do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I was walking out of my office. I said, Hey, just a minute. Um, have you looked at how that's going to affect the profit share this month? Right. Because
1: he, all of a sudden now there's salary that you know. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two and there's two more people
0: mm-hmm. to split the profits. Mm-hmm.
1: Besides Yeah, yeah. the thousand the dollars is now
0: getting split five ways as opposed to three ways. Exactly. Whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and he was like, Whoa, uh, can I talk to you about this tomorrow? And I said, Sure. Mm-hmm. The next morning he came in and said, Hey, we, we reworked the whole thing. We only need one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were fine. They got mm-hmm. along great with just one because right. it made them think a little differently mm-hmm. about what they really had to have. Right. right. Yeah. Two sounded nice. Sounds nice. You know, but yeah, when it was like, Oh,
1: now wait a minute, let's, let's really think about this. They went, well, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It had, it had a profound effect. Mm-hmm. And, and because it was equal, mm-hmm. it made employees um, help new new employees get up to speed mm-hmm. quicker. Right. Because they wanted them to, to be pulling their weight. Mm-hmm. And when somebody had to be out or there was a sickness, it made everybody just pitch in and try mm-hmm. to make it all work. Because right. they had a vested interest in it working.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it, it was an incredible incentive for the Mm -hmm. employee. Right. And and nothing against the typical profit share plan, but the way they usually work is that they're done on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes more like an entitlement. Mm -hmm. uh,
1: And you know, in whatever month, hey, you get X. Mm -hmm.
0: And a lot of people stay until X. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. We got to stay until January 31st or whatever. And mm -hmm. well,
0: we didn't have that because Mm -hmm. it was a month thing. Mm-hmm. And so we had people engaged and wanting that next month. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the, the the fact that it was equal um, is just critical mm-hmm. to having everybody work together right. um, mm-hmm. and fully appreciating mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've worked in,
1: in companies before where, you know, the, 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 those of us at lower levels, when you saw how the senior management, maybe they were driving the Jaguars, you know, they had the big corner offices. You knew that they had the big house. And I mean, one of the things that you're thinking is, but what are they doing to earn that? I mean, you know, we're doing all the work, right? Yeah. That's, that's what a lot of people think. But then when you know that they also get the huge bonuses now it is different, you know, it's not that they're not doing the work, you know, and, and managing however many people, I mean, it's, it's very complicated, but, you know, I remember one of the jobs that I had, I had a private printer. In other words, it wasn't networked. So the whole world didn't go up and see the printer. So, And, and I was in the communications department, which, and, which was communications slash HR. It was a very weird combination. But, um, but so when it came bonus time, they printed the bonus letters on my printer because then nobody else would see them. Well, I saw them. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at some of the bonuses that people got and really thinking, what on earth did they do to deserve that amount of money? Um, you know, and we knew that, that a lot of the, you know, it was funny because the same exact company also realized that one of the most important places in that building was the mailroom. Because that's where the checks came into that got opened to get deposited to keep the company going. I mean, it was really one of those those anomalies. But yeah, I mean, I remember looking at those checks, saying, "I'm sorry, dude, does not deserve that much." <laughs> you know? And you know, and and especially when I knew that there were people who seemed to work far more, far harder, you know, all those various things, and and you know, their their bonus was a thousand bucks or whatever.
0: Yeah, our system is really screwed up. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just the the rich keep getting richer, mm-hmm. poor keep getting poor, and uh, the chasm the chasm's getting greater all the time.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, we're especially seeing that I think now with the the pandemic. Um, but I think the other thing that we're seeing with the pandemic are the people who are just completely and totally blindsided when their company can't survive it. You know, and and that's because none of the information was has been being shared. You know, they didn't know that their type of business ran on really tight margins. I mean, you know, I've, I've talked to people who said, well, you know, I worked in X restaurant for, you know, several years, and they shut down two months into the pandemic, how could they do that? They must have made lots of money, you know, but no, they didn't understand that, that there's, you know, it's not just that they got a, a X number of dollars coming in, there's also X number of dollars going out, you know, and and all of those things,
0: and so they were just totally blindsided when their business is closed. And, and that's where the transparency becomes mm-hmm. so valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had a few people um, say, well, you know, I, I can't do that. The employees would freak out if they knew mm-hmm much money we're making. Right. And, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. They think you're making more than you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're always going to think it's higher. Yeah. They think that you're killing it and mm-hmm. you're not. You mm-hmm. barely got your head above water. Mm-hmm. They don't know about you. They don't think about your rent, about right. the insurance mm-hmm. costs that mm-hmm. you have. They don't know. They don't know about mm-hmm. basic overhead. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad. Yeah. And if come, they
1: don't know that it's thousands of dollars a month just
0: to keep the lights on. Literally, <laughs> yeah. they think about the expense of them, them mm-hmm. is salary. Mm-hmm. They don't know about right. all the expense mm-hmm. and the unemployment insurance and all, all those, the, mm-hmm. all those other things right. that uh, not mm-hmm. unemployment insurance, what am I thinking of that
1: uh, workers comp? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: They don't understand about mm-hmm. all those hidden costs mm-hmm. to right. uh, the owners. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like sharing the books with the employees, made them have empathy for me. Mm-hmm. Right. To understand what you were having
1: to deal with every month.
0: Yes. And I went without a raise for seven years because I wanted to make sure that all of them really had their standard of living where mm-hmm. it needed to be for them to, to live mm-hmm. right and have all of the benefits and everything covered. And so when I gave myself a raise, I announced it to them at a company meeting mm-hmm. that I'm giving myself a raise Thanks. seven years and this is what I'm paying myself. Mm-hmm. And there was no resentment.
1: Well, and I'm guessing there are probably quite a few who have who said you should have done it years ago.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Even, you know, even my board thinking, you should pay yourself better. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and
1: uh, as you were saying, when, when we all have empathy for each other, you know, that's where we, we really see things. You know, I remember years ago when I was working for a company, we had a woman who her husband had terminal cancer. And unfortunately, it was one of these that drug on for quite a long time. And you know, and and you know, she ran out of sick leave in a very quick period of time. And the company allowed other people to donate their sick time. So if I had five days that, you know, whether I was gonna, you know, maybe I was you know, gonna use it or not, I could allow it to to go to her. And I'm I remember everybody thinking just how wonderful that was that we were supporting her in that way um and then unfortunately we changed senior management and they went well you can't do that um you know with, look at all the paperwork well, i'm sorry it was not that complicated and and some of it really was the honor system um mm-hmm. you know some some things like that but the second that the, the employee thinks that their employer or their manager or their whoever it is doesn't care about them then why are they going to care? I mean, you know, and, and it's just as simple as that.
0: It it absolutely is. I and mean, you, you were talking about um, the the impactful um, and contagious mm-hmm. uh, nature of, of empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the best ways I saw that displayed in my in my in my book. I tell lots of stories about how they mm-hmm. care for one another, and you cry. You can't get through it mm-hmm. without crying, right? Mm-hmm. But um, the most incredible one was uh, a young woman, uh, 26 years old, who mm-hmm. had worked for me for about two years. Mm-hmm. When I sold the company, I, um, I announced on on a Monday that the company had been sold. And the following Monday was my last day. Mm-hmm. With the place. Wow. And the last week, I met with each person individually mm-hmm. to thank them for their contribution. And then I gave them a check, mm-hmm. a big, a big Bonus um, mm-hmm. gift based on how long they've been with me. Mm-hmm. So she had been with me a couple of years. So I think her check was like thirty five thousand dollars. Holy smoly! <laughs> they were quite large, but I gave right. $50 mm-hmm. to sale to the employees. And um, so a couple of months later, she called Lucy to mm-hmm. say, "Hey, Lucy, can you go to lunch with me? I want to tell you what I did with my money." Mm-hmm. So twenty six year old woman. Mm-hmm. What do you think she would do with that money? A new car. I bet you bought a house. Oh, no, you said you you did that already for people. She paid off her parents' mortgage. Oh. Yeah. Her parents uh, were Serbian refugees, Mm -hmm. and he had overheard them talking about how uh, they wish they could help more family back in Serbia, and Mm -hmm. they couldn't until the mortgage was paid off. Mm -hmm. And so she had saved up all of her profit share checks in those two years, and then with this $35,000, had to go pay it off and she said Mm -hmm. it was the empathy that was contagious in the company and she said before I worked here I would never would have thought about doing that No, she would have thought oh I can go buy a car (laughs) but instead she isn't that amazing Mm -hmm. she was so generous Mm -hmm. but I think it was because of the generosity that her co worker shared with her right you know
1: and and some people they don't share their personal stories. I mean, you know, that's just the, the way they are. But we can still kind of get a feeling, you know, to know this person's not having a good day. You know, we don't have to know why they're not having a good day to still think, you know, I'm, I'm going to get them a cup of coffee or see if they need lunch or, you know, some some things like that. And, and to know that we can do that and not have a penalty because that's the other thing, you know, you're thinking, well, you know, if I do that, you know, some, there's, there's going to be a problem. No, you know, when, when every employee is empowered to do that, it's, that's the, the important thing. Absolutely. You know, and, and I love that you talk about the fact that, you know, you, you did things like, you know, help people with the, their first home purchase. Um But education benefits are one of those things that, you know, I think, it, to to whatever degree they can companies should do, you know, and you know maybe it's that they take night school, you know whatever it is, and it really annoys me when somebody says, Well, but you know if you know if if sherry gets that that you know degree, she's gonna leave us, she might. She but done? she might also be the the best employee that you've ever had. Now I mean obviously like I've I've worked for companies where it had to be company related. So like I couldn't have gone off and gotten a veterinary degree or something you know. So it had to you know hopefully benefit the company. But in many cases people took that that shiny degree that whatever it was and they did leave. But they also left with good feelings. I mean, you know, there's there and and you know, things like that. So, so I always think that providing some type of educational program for employees, it's always a good thing.
0: I agree. And what's, what's worse, them getting educated, getting smarter, getting more capable and leaving mm-hmm. or them staying with you right. without right. the education, mm-hmm. without the extra mm-hmm. capability. Right. You're better off mm-hmm. setting them up to move on to their next best right. thing. Yeah um and, and so we did reimburse any um any educational expenses mm-hmm. in, and at 100%. Mm-hmm. right because we wanted the employees to continue to grow and learn mm-hmm. and to and not to be stuck with us forever. Right. We wanted we wanted to set them up. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they like you said, you know, they you were printing hospital bills.
1: Yes. Some of them might have thought that you know, that there was something else that they
0: wanted to do. Oh. I mean, many times I had conversations with employees where, where I would say, what you're doing right now is is uh, not not what you were meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's just a stepping stone. I, mm-hmm. And I want you to think about moving on. Come on. Let me help right. you fly to your next mm-hmm. position. And it was, you know, we, we celebrated mm-hmm. and had big parties for employees that were leaving mm-hmm. this bigger and better. Right. To, to give them a good send-off with mm-hmm. a lot of love and encouragement. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and they remembered that because depending on what
1: they went into – you know, they might, there, there might've been ways that they could continue to benefit your company, um, you know, all sorts of things. And, and, you know, even if it was just to say nice things, (laughs) that's, that's the thing. And, and, you know, and, and you talked about the fact that, you know, if you've got an unhappy employee, it's not just that they don't do their work. It's that you know, many times they're in there and, and, you know, maybe they're not even saying things, but if they're not happy with their work, they're probably going to be late. They're going to take longer breaks. They're going to leave early. I mean, you know, there's just so many things that are in there. And, you know, and, and that's where it, companies lose so much. Um, you know, if you've got employees who are coming in late, leaving early, that work time is, you know, is just gone, um, you know, and, and and then they're unhappy. So they're, they're really not doing the best job that they can. So, you know, fine, send them on their way, bid them a happy adieu, <laughs>
0: I, I think that the figure that um, Forbes magazine and uh, Gallup came up with on the cost of these disengaged employees—I think it was in the sixty billion dollars a year in the U.S. Mm-hmm. price range. Right. Uh, it's an extraordinary uh, expense to have people there that are not engaged. Right. You know, and
1: and even if they still have, say, a positive attitude, so they're they're not coming in late, they're not you know nitpicking. My guess is they're still not doing a hundred percent. You know, they're doing just enough to get by. Yeah. And you know, I've I've heard people say before that being average is what many people are. Well, you know, we don't want people to be average, we want them to excel. And sometimes that does mean that they leave. Um, you
0: know, and 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 but that's that's not a bad thing. No, it's not. It's it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes because, I mean, I, I had to fire people occasionally. Oh, yeah. I mean, things happen. Mm-hmm. And then, even then, I felt like I was doing something good for them. I was freeing up their future. Right. There
1: was a reason you had to
0: fire them. Yeah. Yeah. So e- even that, I think, can be done mm-hmm. with the and is empathetic uh, to the rest of the company. Right. I was firing a woman one day, and she said, if you fire me, you're not who you say you are. And I said, how so? And she said, right. well, you claim to be people first.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I said, I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not person first.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the decisions that you have made mm-hmm. have put the livelihoods of everybody else mm-hmm. in a very precarious situation. So right. I'm putting the people first and this, you, this person, have to go. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So, and well, she clearly was not happy. So, you know, in the long run, it was it was probably much better for her. I hope so. Yeah. Well, we've only got about 10 minutes left, and I really want to talk about one of the things that you're doing now, and that's brain trust. So tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Uh, well, I started brain trust because there are about 13 million women business owners in the U.S., mm-hmm. and less than 2% of them ever get to a million in revenue. Wow. And so, in, in the fact, the average is around $80,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started Brain Trust as a peer-to-peer membership mm-hmm. for women on businesses mm-hmm. to get together once a month. They get together in small groups of maximum of seven. Mm-hmm. And each of them bring a problem to the table that they're having in their business. Mm-hmm. And the other women ask questions, mm-hmm. get to the bottom of really at the core of the problem. Mm-hmm. And through experience sharing only, mm-hmm. uh, no advice. Mm-hmm they help each other through those mm. problems mm-hmm. and they hold each other accountable to goals. Mm-hmm. And um, I fashioned it after um, I was a member. I am a member of EO, the entrepreneurs organization uh-huh. and WPO, the women's president's organization. Mm-hmm. But both those groups, you have to have a million in revenue and you have to own at least 50% of your business. Uh-huh. So what about the rest of us? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be a feeder for those organizations, mm-hmm. getting more women to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, because at a million in revenue, you're paying yourself a decent salary. Mm-hmm. You're starting to build some personal wealth. And you're really starting to build your ability to be influential in the community. Right. Um, right. Yeah, you have money that you can give back, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's funny that being a successful entrepreneur gives you uh, a megaphone. I mean, it did for me. Mm-hmm. How else was I this single mom and no education going to be recognized by the by the president of the united states it was just through business mm-hmm. and so um brain trust was started to help women more women get there
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh because of covid we had intended to be in in uh, several u.s cities um mm-hmm. but because of covid we're doing it virtually and mm-hmm. growing like crazy mm-hmm. so-
1: yeah, it's like you, said, you know, it might be a benefit. You can have even more because we can can
0: exactly. be virtual. Mm-hmm. So that that has been a, a result, mm-hmm. of, uh, and you know, it's great to see the women
2: mm-hmm.
0: how quickly they have bonded together mm-hmm. and working to support one another mm-hmm. to to that critical mark.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we've got several that'll hit the million dollar mark. This year, we've got one that's probably at $20 million. Wow. We've got a couple that have just joined us that will have billion-dollar businesses. These are really incredible entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's just great to be mm-hmm. a part of this network that mm-hmm. will make them uh, mm-hmm. yeah, outrageously successful. Right, right.
1: You know, and I think it is, it, it, I'm not going to say difficult, it is different to be a woman entrepreneur you know, and part of that was how many of us of, say, a certain, certain generation were raised. You know, it was, well, no, 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 you're, you're not supposed to be a business person. Um, I still remember when people told me, well, why, why would you want to go to college? Aren't you just going to get married? No, I didn't get married until I was in my 30s, um, you know, and, and now granted, when I went to school, you did more than become a teacher or a nurse. But I mean that was because I'm I'm at the very tail end of baby boomer, um, but you know and and I think women a lot of times think well we're going to be judged much more harshly, you know all these various things and let's be honest not only are we running our business we're still the, the in many cases and, and I'm over generalizing here but the primary caregiver um, you know for your kids things like that and so women have just totally different things that they, they need to discuss with other people who others who
0: understand that. Yeah. There's so many societal biases. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I liked to pretend they weren't there because mm-hmm. I didn't want to acknowledge them when I was starting my business because I thought to acknowledge them would give them more oxygen and make mm-hmm. them bigger. Right. But there were $80, $80 billion invested in private equity mm-hmm. by private equity and venture capital mm-hmm. in businesses in the U.S. last year. Mm-hmm. And like 2% of that went to women.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's crazy, isn't it? Right for right. 98% to go to men and mm-hmm. 20% to go to women. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are societal biases that we have to overcome and uh, to, together the women mm-hmm. can do that. Um, and then there are a lot of men who are great proponents of women in business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, my great mentors through the years were most of them were men.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, and I think it's it's a matter of, you know, I think a lot of times women think, oh, you know, I I can't do that. I can't, uh, or maybe it's more that we need to be very independent. Um, You know, one of the things I I work with people um, who are out of work. And so I help them with LinkedIn profiles and and things like that. And and it always just amazes me when, you know, there's a man and a woman who are applying for the same job. So it has the same, say, 10 qualifications. And a woman goes, oh, I can do nine of those, but the 10th one, Maybe not so much. Because she doesn't even apply. Well, yeah, and <laughs> and she doesn't apply. And the guy looks at that same ten list and goes, "Okay, I can do two of those well, three of them kind of, and five I can outsource to somebody else." And they, you know, and and so I, there's just, and I don't know where that comes from. Um, I do see that changing with. the the younger generations. Um, You know, and and it's funny, people poke fun at millennials and I love millennials. You know, they, they really were brought up so differently. They were brought up to believe that they could Maybe mm-hmm. is is one of the easiest ways to put it, um, you know, and, and that there weren't limitations. Now, obviously, there are, but you know, they, they, yeah, you know, if 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 I took a millennial and said, hey, can woman, and said, hey, you know, what about these ten things? I think they would be more likely to say, okay, you know, five of these I do really well, three of these I do, you know, and the other two I'm going to learn how to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not just I'm not going to do it, like you know, many people. It's I can figure
0: out how to do it. Yes, yeah, they've got that I got this mm-hmm. attitude. Yeah, uh, I like them too. Always mm-hmm. like to them. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little
1: bit more about the book "Lunch with Lucy."
0: Well, uh, the book came out in March, and it's been on the Amazon bestseller list several times. Up, you know, up and down, which is great. And as a, a business book, um, it is chock um, full of really good common sense ways to incentivize your employees mm-hmm. to get them engaged. And great stories about um, how the culture affected the mm-hmm. employee, how they in fact, you know, affected mm-hmm. me. Right. Uh, and, and things about how to do it if you don't have the money to spend. So mm-hmm. you can't help your employees buy a house. What are right. things you can do to get them engaged mm-hmm. that are, are free?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, a, a habit that I had was writing handwritten notes to mm-hmm. the parents of my employees. Oh, or the spouses mm-hmm. to say, I know you've made a contribution mm-hmm. by the fact that your husband is gone. Or he's on the road two days a week, mm-hmm. but I want you to know how that's affecting all the other people in their families. And mm-hmm. thank you for making the sacrifice and talk mm-hmm. to them about specific things mm-hmm. or to write to the parents of a, a young man and to say, I want you to know that you raised a man.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He might be just 22 years old, but he's a mm-hmm. man. hmm and he has taken on so much responsibility in this company and he is making us soar
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, or, you know, writing to the parents of a young woman to say, you know, these are the actions that she has taken mm-hmm. that has put us in a much better financial situation mm-hmm. or the fact that the customers rave about her
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, um, and see the pride of the parents and mm-hmm. the spouses and having their, loved one work with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the, you know, cost of the stamp and, mm-hmm. you know, a few minutes to write a note right. and saw it have a big impact. Mm-hmm. Right. And that
1: comes back to what you were saying at the very start, and that's that you have to have listened to them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so you know that, okay, maybe those parents really sacrificed to send them to school or, you know, to make sure that they got that training or, you know, whatever it was. And, or as you said, you know, that the, the spouse is having to deal with the fact that they've got four kids and you've got their, their, their other partner on the road, half the time, you know, things like that. And, and, but yeah, because you listened, you knew, or you know, maybe not, you maybe somebody else in the company, but somebody heard what was going on and then passed that, that information on.
0: I made it a practice to any time we had a company event like in a, a summer party or mm-hmm. to bring their extended families. Mm. So that's where I got to meet mm-hmm. the parents yep. and the grandparents mm-hmm. and the kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so I didn't have to go to ask anybody else. How do I get to this person or mm-hmm. what sacrifice they they making? I knew I right. was talking
2: to them. Mm-hmm.
0: And often at, at uh, Lucy had lunch with them. I love it. Mm-hmm. I knew the family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, well,
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I think that was a, a critical part mm-hmm. of making the employee feel appreciated mm-hmm. and wanted. Great. I love it. Well, oh my gosh, we only have a couple
1: minutes left. So tell people how they find you and connect with you online.
0: Great. Well, I'm uh, Sherry Stewart D on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and uh, my book is lunch with lucy maximize profits by investing in your people you can get it at amazon or at target or at any every airport in the us um, when, and, we go back to <laughs> yeah, when we go back to them yeah and um, brain trust is at uh, our org. if uh, if a woman or somebody who loves a woman business owner <laughs> wants to tell them about brain trust mm-hmm. and how to get to that million dollar point.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, I about just called you Lucy. Um, (laughs) Sherry and Lucy, this has been absolutely fabulous. And and I love having these discussions because, you know, whether we have employees or not, you know, many people who listen to this program are small business owners. At some point, they might have employees. They've got family members. I mean, shoot, all of these practices apply to your family members. Also, Um, you know, we might be the, be the head of a volunteer organization, all those things, everything that we've been saying applies to them. And and so that's why I think this is so
0: important. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave people with? Yeah, what you just said about how no matter what where we are, empathy can be impactful. Mm-hmm. The ability to put yourself in the shoes of the people you're dealing with mm-hmm. But to see the world through their eyes, through their lens, mm-hmm. just exercising that quality will help you be more impactful and more significant and will definitely make the world a better place.
1: I love it. And what a great way to end. I'm Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely wonderful discussion with Sherry Deutschman. And until next time, everyone have a great day.
0: Thank you, Deb.